What's up, everybody? Welcome back. We're a couple days out of Miami, two days exactly. It was um kind of going back and looking at it. I feel like my emotions have kind of died down and kind of want to talk a little bit about what's going on there and all the news that came out. So big thing that came out is we were big on Lewis Hamilton being George Russell and how kind of how he finishes. What are your kind of 48 hour at 48 hours after thoughts after hearing everything that's come out? I think that Lewis and his team, it's a team like I don't want to put the blame on the team and I don't want to put the blame on Lewis collectively. They should have made the decision. They both deferred. I understand Lewis's point, but Lewis has so many times when the teams ask him to do something, he's either gone with it or he just overrides it. But he deferred it back to the team. So um it just shows that there's obviously a lot of frustration building up. Everyone is upset with the results, and you can see even in small things like the radio messages that we're seeing on from from a public standpoint. So, I think I'm overall still disappointed with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm more disappointed that the team is deferring to each other. Like you said it on the podcast, it's like one of them has to make a decision, right? It's it's Bono's got to call and say, Lewis, you have to pit, right? And Lewis has got to trust his race engineer, or it's got to be the other way around. It can't be dancing back and forth and. I kind of take a little bit of the blame off of Lewis because, yeah, he doesn't know where everybody is. But I don't know. It's it's a really tough call to say because at the same time, too, it's like, I don't know if race engineers update you. Like, okay, Ocon's 17 seconds behind you. They do. Right? So uh, we don't know what, what will happen in that thing. They should be. But does Lewis know that Ocon's 17? They always are. But does Lewis know Ocon was 17 seconds behind him? Well, we don't know that, right? Did the team let him know? So that's why, to Lewis's point, he doesn't know if he can pit or not because he doesn't know who's what the timing is unless the, the team has instructed but he him. Needs, but I feel like he needs to know that, if that makes sense, right? Like, ultimately, he can't be dancing around and trying to figure out, oh, well, who's behind me? Like, you guys going to make a quick thing? Ocon's 20-plus seconds behind you. Obviously, you'll be behind Valtteri and George, but you can make up the pace. Boom. That's why I think, like, eight-time constructor champion, they're not acting like an eight-time constructor champion. Yeah. And I, I just I just don't know what's going to fix it or how it's going to be fixed. But it, it has nothing to do with driving at this point in terms of last race. It has to do purely with you guys need to figure out your your decisions, right? Like you really do. And now they're Toto's saying that they may return to the old design of the car. Yeah, I don't know, man. I really don't. It just seems like they are in complete chaos right now. Maybe uh, Toto's just keeping them guessing and coming with some hot upgrades for Spain. Imagine it's all just a huge giant chess play. Mm-hmm. It's not the case, though. So. Yeah, let's hope it. Let's hope it is the case and it is a chess play. But I mean, the car looks looked better. But I would say that obviously, um, when you kind of listen to kind of analysis after, is that as more grip was more rubber was laid on the track, there was more grip, and when you hit those corners faster, the car wasn't as. Gr- um, wasn't handling the corners at higher speeds like it did on P uh, on Friday because there wasn't as much rubber on the, on the track. So kind of interesting to see how the weekend progressed. The final pace that kind of came out of Miami shows there's still a second behind. Yeah. So it is what it is. I mean, ultimately Mercedes got a lot to figure out two more races. And then uh, it's, it's, it's judgment time for me, honestly, two more races. And then I, I'll, I will start making some, some actual real proclamations on every single team. Um, quick note, 
Well, not quick, but they said that Checo was very close to DNFing. I know. We we were watching it live. I thought it was going to be a DNF. Yeah, but now that it comes out and he said he was close to DNFing, so it was it, it could have been a disaster weekend for Red Bull, right? And on the flip side, like when we when we turn around Kurt and we look at the drivers championship and the constructors champion, sorry, just as purely the constructors championship, if we turn around and Red Bull wins by about 20 points, we're going to point back to Ch- Carlos's beginning of the year and these reliability issues. Right, and if Ferrari wins by twenty, it's going to be the reliability issue. Yeah, it goes either ways. It does. So it's like it goes either way. It's such a game of fine margins, right? So it's so interesting to see how these things are playing back and forth. But a is Carlos's confidence or his bad driving over the last X amount of weeks, or is it going to be Checo's DNF, Max's DNF? What is going to be the reason why either team won or lost the championship? And it's going to be interesting to see when we get to the end of the year. How many points, and was it one of those deciding factors? That's why when everyone's like, "Yeah, it's such a long season," but championships, when it's when there's an actual battle, as we saw last year, it goes down to the last. It is race. a long season, but listen, every battle has its chapter, right? And and it can be lost in one chapter. You can point to one chapter, and every single point, including a fastest lap point to a sprint point, matters. Yeah, I mean, listen, because of last year, we're gonna make it a little bit bigger, but. Typically, it hasn't mattered like that. Like, last year was, like, the biggest, I guess, the, the biggest Yeah, but it looks like we're going to have some sort of battle this year for it as well, right? Previously, there was just no real competition to the Mercedes. It w- I mean, that's what it looks like. We'll see what it looks like in 10 races because, you know, by the time we get to Singapore, it, there may be a wide-open lead blown, blown open, right? So Also, just for context, Ferrari hasn't made a single upgrade to the car. Yeah, and so I was talking to Ricky. When he was in here earlier, he said that Red Bull's probably going to come with some upgrades, but Ferrari's going to come with some massive upgrades. I don't think Red Bull's done much either, have they? No, Red Bull has. And uh, I'm uh, not sure if you heard Benato, but Benato said that re- he alluded to both Red Bull and Mercedes, and he said they have both made uh, multiple upgrades. He goes, later in the season, that's going to benefit us because they're going to run out of money with the cost cap. He goes, we haven't introduced a single upgrade yet because we are trying to stay within the cost cap. No, I understand that, but Red Bull hasn't done anything major, though, have they? Um, they've made very minor adjustments from my understanding. They, they've, made, they've obviously made changes with their floor. You know, I think his whole point is they're making changes and you have to be very, very cautious of staying within the cost cap. And I think that's fair, but I also think that, listen, if Red Bull doesn't have their three DNFs, it's a whole different ball game in Constructors Championship, right? Like, But how scary is it that Ferrari hasn't even added anything yet? I don't think it's that scary, bro, because Max has won every single race he's finished. Bro, I just pulled it up in real time. Ferrari is confident that faster Red Bull can't maintain F1 upgrade spend. Ferrari believes that the faster Red Bull team will not be able to maintain the current spend on the aggressive so, upgrade that, push that have pulled it ahead. But I hate that ahead. narrative because what happens if Ferrari's upgrades suck? I mean, sure, but to your point earlier of Red Bull may, haven't, hasn't made, no, they have made significant changes. What did Red Bull do significant? I didn't think they are that big different, like massive to the cost cap. They made that massive change to the floor at the beginning, but they've made minimal changes, have they not? They, they've implemented uh, changes to both wings, floor, and it just says other, yeah, other parts. Yeah, I think it's been minor. It hasn't been anything drastic. I think 
Ferrari's going to come with a big upgrade, I think. That's what it looks like. But at the end of the day, we don't know if that big upgrade looks affects the car like Mercedes' big upgrade, right? Like, Mercedes' big swap obviously was a huge detriment to their car. Ferrari's big swap could be a detriment. And at the end of the day, if Max finishes those other two races, we're not even we're not having the conversation right now. Max has literally won every single race he's been in. Yeah, so the their big uh, quote unquote Christian order big upgrade package was put in for Imola. They had a big upgrade in Imola. Okay, I don't even know. Like yeah. I didn't even I didn't, I didn't see a big uh, big big difference in the car. But anyways, ultimately, what it comes down to when you, when you're speaking about this is that Red Bull looks like a faster car. It looks like a better car overall in these circuits so far, and it's the reliability that's plagued Red Bull. So. That's that's where I'm going back to at the end of the day. Like, if Red Bull finishes the last three, the uh, how much DNFs do they have? Four or three? They have three DNFs. Put 15 points. Two, uh, one race with both of them. But yeah, four DNFs total. No, uh, doesn't Czech only have one DNF? Yeah, so I'm saying total three D- three four DNFs. DNFs for the team. Two, uh, two for Max and one for Checo. So... Theoretically, you add 15 points to each of those on average. Max would have probably got 18 on each of those ones. It's a whole different conversation in, in the championship, right? So I don't, I don't know if I don't know if Red Bull is uh, is as scared as much as maybe. I don't think the word scared. I think that Bonato is also underestimating that his, his team has had better luck. But then on the flip side, I can't be blind to Carlos DNF. But what do you mean better luck? With uh, I don't think they've had better luck. DNFing. Like, okay, okay, I don't want to call um, luck, okay. Their car has been more reliable, but I think generally the Red Bull car is better. Yeah, because you can't can't take away the fact that Ferrari was the only constructor that hit it out the gate because they've been working on this for time. Like, it's a lot of hard work. Yeah, that's fair, but Ferrari's had better fortunes with their reliability. But then again, Carlos Carlos is DNF. The only bad luck Ferrari's had is Carlos just his inability to get used to the car. Yeah, so when you put it that way, they've both had some DNFs. They've both had some spin-outs. So, yeah, I guess it's it's a lot closer than I probably thought when we started this conversation. But I don't know. When Bonato says that stuff, it's like, I don't know how big your upgrades will be. Focus about right now. But that's also, it just shows you that this season, hence why we're not seeing Mercedes fix it overnight, is the cost cap is real. And you have to stay within it. And if you spend all your money at the front of the season, then you can't upgrade your car throughout the rest of the yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, the cost cap has always been real. But on the flip side, when you look at last year, they had a cost cap too. Mercedes made the big upgrade and they still lost. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, like, Red Bull um, was not the one making the drastic upgrades. They made upgrades to their battery and stuff like that. But Mercedes is the one that flattened out their car, put in, like, all this different stuff. And they still lost the championship. So, Benato having that energy to me is, like, I wouldn't be worried about that. I'd be worried about just getting your car to the peak performance, if that makes sense. Yeah, because it's pretty it's pretty obvious that they don't have a faster car. Their car's and better if in, Red Bull, in, in corners, though. Exactly, in the corners. But um, at the end of the day, let's just look at the data. Every single race that Max has finished this year, he's coming first. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have won Bahrain, obviously, because we know that Charles was ahead quite a bit. But... Other than that, I think Max had a decent chance in all in the in the other race. Like but. it's starting to look like Max might just run away with the drivers if their car is reliable and Ferrari will win the constructors. Yeah, we will say this though that um, obviously this circuit and Jeddah favored Red Bull's car. We'll see what uh, 
What, you mean in Miami? Oh, Miami and Jeddah, I'm saying. Both Miami and Jeddah both favored Red Bull because it's long straights, very fast track. We'll see what the mid-speed corners look like for Red Bull versus Ferrari in those tracks. That's a big thing to look at. Like, ultimately, we do, we do got to pay attention to that because a lot of these circuits have been fast, right? They have been very fast, um, long straights. So I think no matter how fast you can be in the corners, if as soon as the Red Bull hits a straight, it's making up the time lost in the corners so, because of his top line speed. I don't think so. Think about think about Mercedes in in Cota in Mexico. Mexico. They had all the top line speed in the world, but you know sometimes you can't. You're, you're it depends right. on the track, right? It really does. It depends how long that straight is. It, it really depends how long your straight. That's are. fair. So I th- I fair. think it's going to be track dependent. But enough about kind of Ferrari and Red Bull. I kind of want to get into this with you. I've been. Browsing all over F1 Twitter. And it seems like traditional F1's fans hated Miami because they think it's a joke. It's a Bro, I was ago. literally just about to talk to you about that. So I w- I've been reading it too. F1 enthusiasts hate Miami. Yeah. and Because they're saying it takes away from everything else Formula 1 has done because Formula 1 made this the only race that has ever mattered. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't even know if that's it, but people are hating on the helmet. It's like... We don't hate on the Hungarian trophy, right? It's like if, if Russia if Russia was still on the track and they wanted to use one of those hats in Mexico, don't they wear the Mexican the sombreros? Hats? I, I I don't think they did. The, I don't think they wore it on the podium. But if they want to wear the, it on the podium, then by all means, I wouldn't care. Like that is Mexico's event; they should celebrate it with their culture and tradition. Like I don't understand why people are hating on it so much. It's like it's grow it's growing the sport so much, so you guys can continue exactly. adding revenue. So. I understand, like, I'm a big component, and I don't care about the entertainment part, but I understand it's part of the business, right? Like, I'm not going to come here and say, oh, we don't You got to drive it forward. And, and that's the whole thing is, like, I feel like these enthusiasts are just hating on it because Monaco might be gone. But at the end of the day, people, like, I heard people's arguments are, read them online that, oh, you know, Monaco, it's like the drive versus the wall. It's so interesting to watch that. Like, no. It's a lot more interesting boring watching as, Max. It's boring as hell. I wouldn't say it's boring. I just wouldn't say it's... It's as entertaining. Like, obviously, if you appreciate the sport, you look at it and be like, okay, how fast did Lewis come out this corner? Like, you're looking at the technical aspect. Yeah, like, qualifying in Monaco is great. Even, That's nah, a skill. I mean, even, the, you, even the race to me is, is, is fine, but, like, compare... But there's no racing car to car, which doesn't appeal you're to You're not going to see Max lunge into the first corner like he did in yeah, Miami. Yeah, it's just the reality of it. You're not... It's, it's not as entertaining for your casual fan. Now, your enthusiasts and purists, I can see them saying that because... They actually just enjoy the sport. Like, I don't mind watching Lewis Hamilton trying to get out of a corner faster, right? Like, you look at the exits, you look at all those different things, and, you know, Pierce will love that stuff. But they're not trying to appeal to Pierce, and that's why you have things like Drive to Survive, right? So it's like... You- exactly. You have to... There's a fine line that you have to balance, right? It's like, if you're the enthusiast, you want the sport around, so you have to allow for the fact that it's going to take other things such as marketing such as entertainment to drive new audience to drive money so that the sport is continued to be around like people forget that you you know you got to make money you, it's a you business you have to make money i think everyone would be fine without america but you can't go to the next level without america that's just the reality of it you need america yeah, and china you either stagnate or you move forward and that's what you know in some of the articles i was reading like people like oh we're they were complaining like why why are we seeing all these celebrities well, the reason you're seeing all these celebrities is because that just adds fandom. And then people are, oh, my God, this person's there, so I'm going to tune in. Like, it's 
they're not showing the celebrities to show the celebrities. It's just a marketing gimmick. Of course, it's a marketing gimmick. Now, listen, I may not care for celebrities, but I understand their purpose there. Like, then the day, I don't care if Michelle, I don't care if Barack Obama was there. I don't give two two shits. I just want to see racing. So, so what it comes down exactly. to exactly, and they're like they're trying to make it uh, a Super Bowl, and it's like, well, it does, that it worked. It, it from a if you look at their KPIs, it was a success for Formula One and Liberty Media. Yeah, for sure it was, but. The issue, but we're not even talking about that at this point, too. It's just about at the end of the day. I feel like fans are being just complete haters because you can't look, you can't tell me and look at me in the eye and say that wasn't a good race. No matter what kind of fan, it, you exactly. Are. It was also a good race. We got to see an overtake right at the start. We had a yellow flag later in the race. We saw other battles throughout the midfield. Like this, for a hybrid circuit, I thought it was. Really good. I don't think any. If you remove Miami and Monaco names, and you and you showed any any enthusiasts, and they had no idea which one was Miami or Monaco, they'd all pick Miami over Monaco, if they just saw a track, didn't know anything. So, the other thing that um, I want to say is a lot of these enthusiasts or so called haters said that they should keep the same energy with promoting other events like that. I mean, they should. I mean. That that's that's up to the organizer. No, this was one no, of the no, first no. events on the track. No, but hold no, on, no, no, no. this was one of the first tracks on the circuit that F one was part of the organizing committee. Like it was their circuit. Every other track is run by. It's like franchise, I, I, no, right? You got to think about say, it. The organizers no, no. are responsible. F one also did put a lot more social posts. They did put more effort into this weekend. I, I, I'm sorry. Because they were the organizer. But it doesn't matter. Your social team and stuff should keep that same energy. Your social team put a lot more posts out. There, we were co- we course, were covering this for the was, last two weeks since literally since Imola finished. It was like every driver I mean, in Miami. Blah, blah, it, blah. it almost feels like we've been covering Miami for over a year. If, we've been covering Miami for two weeks. Like we've been seeing George Russell on F1. We've been seeing all that stuff. We didn't see Charles Leclerc in Italy. We didn't see all that stuff. Like obviously he's at a heat game, but that doesn't have to do Formula One. They actually focus on it. So that I, I understand where you're coming from. That organizers put in more effort, but F1 also did put more energy in this event. That's just the reality of it. And you can't, you, you can't, oh, take F1 my mind. went all out. There's, but, but, there's but, but nothing fair, there though. to say, but, but that's fair that they should keep that same energy with all their events. I'm just saying it is, a, it yeah, is a fair statement. I mean, in theory, yes, they should. Obviously, they went above and beyond because they prioritized it. I get it. I can see why people are upset about it, but ultimately, it was done for the betterment of the yeah, sport. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm saying their statement's not wrong. Like at the end of the day, yeah, my, they did put more energy into the Miami circuit, which is well justified. It's a new track. It's in America. It is. It is going to be a crown jewel in the next ten years. So I get it. The thing is, like when you're in, like say, some of these, you know, call it even like the the tracks in the Middle East. Like there's just not enough people to have that kind of entertainment in the middle of the desert. Like I, and then I think the European tracks. There's already so much history that there's tons of fans already. Like, I don't know. But that goes, I but feel you're like right. It goes hand in hand. You're not wrong where you can promote more around Miami, but you can tell F1 put more of an emphasis to, to market it. It's a, it's, it's a two, it's a double edged sword. Like, A, they it was did put more effort. Honestly, the perfect place to do more effort because it's Miami. Yes, because it's they like could. the entertainment capital. Yeah, it's because they had the ability to do more, but they did do more. So it's like, but then again, like as an organization, you know, like if you want to find creative ways to market Imola or let's call it Spain, you're going to find out. Like if you put that energy in, that you put into Miami, you're going to find different ways to market Spain. Right. So 
It also makes a huge difference when a lot of these celebrities are already in Miami. You know, like trying to get the celebrities to go to some random place in Hungary or Imola in Italy or Montreal in Canada, you know, they, they're more inclined to be in Miami. Yeah, I also think like... Just makes it easier. Also, too, we, we both know that F1 invites a lot of these stars out. If they want to invite all some some like hardcore F1 fans to different events like Hungary and like Canada... I'm sure you could do more around it too. They also had like, but you know, every race always has like a few VIPs, like you know, and you see them. But this but was hang, hang VIP on, to the max. F1 also spent more money on bringing VIPs to this event too. Like it's it's a double sure. edged sword. Like you can't say that you can't say one without the other. Yes, they put more effort because there was ability to put more effort, but they still. Put I mean, more effort. let's let's call it how it is. Like F1 was able to put Michael Jordan. Tom Brady and Lewis Hamilton in the same room. Yeah, I love how you left out David Beckham. He's not. He's not in that class. I mean, because because D Beck's great, but he's not in that. Yeah, I know. That's the first thing I said. I was like, this guy's not in that class. Sorry. Like, if you guys put Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo, sure, I'll give you that. But then, yeah, Beckham's sure. like great, but, but he's not. Nah. He's not like that. He's really not. I'm sorry for any of our UK fans that are big Beckham fans, but he's not like that. He's listen, incredible, but he ain't the goat. No, those three are arguably. I mean, Brady and Brady's the goat. And Lewis and Michael are arguably the goats in their sports. Like nobody's debating Beckham. Exactly. Like that's just the reality of it. Um, so yeah, that that's that was it. I mean, I thought that was crazy. I, I will just say quickly before we transition, I am in uh, Toronto right now. Like I'm not in in studio with Scott, but you know, it's we've seen it throughout the airport here in Toronto, and I've seen it again. Like there's tons of Montreal signs yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I don't. I just the Montreal Grand Prix just stinks, bro. Like they need they need to like. I, I mean, I don't care for it, but it is um it is inter- interesting to see the marketing campaign. Behind they need to it. put more into it, like they put into Miami. Just saying. Um, we actually wanted to keep this pod a little short. So, is there anything you want to go over? If not, we'll sign off, man. I think that you know we're going to continue to see the rumblings that are coming out of Mercedes. At the end of the day, Mercedes is in a very uncomfortable situation. They can say, "Oh, everything's fine." It's not fine. There is sure, I get it. It's tough love, but no one is happy in that garage right now. No, I, I definitely don't. I mean, George might be. I, I'm I, I don't care what George you say. didn't come to Mercedes to finish 5th. Hey, you are so right, but George also is coming from an 8th place team. You know he's what? had a podium. I'm he's sure he wants to be. I'm sure he wants to be on the podium. I don't think he's. I don't think he's happy. He but I don't think he's mad either. He's at least competing for points. It's. It's just honestly, it continues to be frustrating. Um, we're going to Spain. I, I don't know what they think do. Think about this. And they can't just continue to spend money to try figure this out either. That's the frustrating think part. Think about this. I think George had what like six total points, five total points before he got to Mercedes. Sure, maybe, of maybe course. Eight. I mean, that, that, that's he got more and he doubled that total in one race. I'm just gonna put it out there. He's not mad. He's definitely not happy, but he's competing for. At the end of the day, he's competing. So, I mean, he's, we'll see what happens. Sure, he's competing, and you know, like, is Mercedes gonna go back to their old car? Like, if they go back to the concept they first rolled out at testing in Barcelona, it's it's gonna be like shit. Let me ask you they this. took a huge gamble that didn't Let pay off. Let me ask you this. And I'll let you I'll let you say your piece, and then we can sign off. If Mercedes goes back to the old concept, they're competitive with Red Bull and Ferrari. How mad are you going to be? I'm going to be so mad because a gamble sometimes, and you say this, I yeah, I, I feel like you're a proponent of this. 
yes, you can trust the physics, the science, all of that. But the eye test still holds so much value. Yeah, but that's not what I'm. I'm that's not what I'm asking. If it competes, and with so I'm going to be really, I'm going to be really mad because the eye test should always have said that this car is not good. Like, who cares about the simulations? Yeah, the simulations aren't real. Let me ask you this. I'm more meant like from this aspect. So they let's say theoretically they go back to the old design and they're competitive competitive with Red Bull and Ferrari because their car was actually pretty good. But it doesn't have the ability to grow as much as this project. Are you going to be happy yeah. with that? Like, is that actually something that you want to see as a fan? Or would you rather them gamble your way? That, that was more where I was kind of going with. I just know because I don't think we can afford to gamble a year with where Lewis is in his career. So if we had two young drivers, I'd be happy to gamble this year. But it, the reality is, if you go back to Barcelona testing, their initial car, the pace was right there with Red Bull and Ferrari. So they would be way more competitive. Would they be the clear front runner? Probably not. But I think that we can't afford to just waste a year. Very fair. All right, guys, that's it for us. Kurt's uh, disgruntled or very, uh, what, what's the word you call it? Yeah, I guess disgruntled is a good way to put it. It's, um, you know, even going into Miami, like you're so excited as a fan, you're hyped. But then the results as a Mercedes fan kind of damper everything. You've been spoiled, though, for the last eight years. Yeah, for sure. I know I have, so, but that's what makes it hard because when you're on the mountain, at the top of the mountain for that long, you forget what it's like to be, and it's not even like they're bad, right? They're not Williams, but damn, it, it, it's it's tough. Yeah, I feel you. Well, you know, I'm just- I feel like one day I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be like old and be like, Bulls Mercedes days. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we got disgruntled Mercedes fan over here. I'm just here enjoying it. As long as Max doesn't win the year- Actually, I'm not even a Max hater. I just want to see Christian suffer. But we'll leave you guys on that. Make sure you guys tap it. Make sure you guys subscribe. And Oliver, if you do make it this far, no one said Lewis should be top two. I know Kirk can even vouch for me on that. No one ever said Lewis I should know. be top two. It was yo don't don't <laughs> don't uh, take his words out of context. All I was just saying Lewis he should said, be George. You got to be George. That's it. You got to be being George. That's it. But again, like, and you also clarified if. They're doing more on Lewis's car, then you'll take it back as well. Like that's it, man. You know, you you were, you were clear. But if they're both running, you know, setups that are driver favorable, then he should be beating George every week. That's that's how I feel. But well, not every week. You know, there's an occasional week here and there. But it, it feels like George has been beating Lewis consistently. But that's it for us, man. Kurt's uh, got a busy day. I got a busy day too. So we'll check in with you guys. Probably we we will do our Bernie episode this week. We have to. We got to, like, we promise. <laughs> Yo, the, ver- the long-awaited The Bernie, Bernie episode's episode. got to happen. So we'll ch- tap in with you guys probably Thursday afternoon or Friday morning with uh, a Bernie episode. We'll see you guys then. Peace.